0: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday, May 13th edition of the MAOB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin. That's AJ Shulo, my man on Thursdays. What's up, AJ? How's it going, man?
1: What's up, Adam? Excited to be talking about some fight announcements with you. The car, a little bit. No Bellator, no PFL this week, but the the show goes on.
0: Yeah, for sure. And speaking of PFL, Marcel literally just sent me a DM that has the, the next card. I'll show it to you. He just sent me the DM. I actually asked him to come on today and join us, but uh, he's, he's doing something entertaining guests or something. Here's the card I'm looking at for the first time with you. Pettis versus, uh, Martinez. I Martinez. I think he got, he lost, uh, the first card, I believe as well. So I mean, both guys lost Jenkins, dizzy. Wow. Jenkins actually won his fight. Dizzy lost to Wade. So it's a winner loser fight. You got Brennan Lofton, Tyler diamond. That's a great fight. I know you like mm-hmm. that fight, AJ. You're a big Tyler diamond guy. That's interesting. And then you have, man, they put clay collar in the prelims. Really? Wow. I'm surprised by mm-hmm. that. I can't believe that actually. Aren't you surprised by that? That's a little surprising, right? Like he had such a great performance against Loubat. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, man, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Shalty, Donitsov, Palmer, Staji, uh, the Novich, uh, Held, Abin Merced. That's a good fight. That's a good one. I like that one. Aliyev, oh, yeah. uh Radz, Rats, uh, Radzhayev, and then uh, Kaibuliev versus uh, Morice. That's a good fight too. I like that. That's a violence fight. That, that I would say <laughs> I, would, I would say under in that fight, guys. That someone's getting knocked out. I think. Uh although I said about the guy's last fight, he didn't finish the guy, so you never know. Uh waiting uh Ospinov. So any thoughts on this card? Because Marcel literally just sent it to me. Any thoughts?
1: Dude, I love this card. This card's great. Uh prelims are awesome. Uh it reminds me of that Bellator card last week. Like just and man, I, I got some good. heat. Yeah, I got some heat for saying it was better than the UFC, but like you I just
0: did say I that. Think... AJ, you called that shit, man. Yeah, you gotta you gotta speak up. You called that, man.
1: <laughs> well, because it's, you know, we're so custom, obviously the UFC is the best of the best, but like, you know, this is a great card, man. I mean, like, yeah, I think, um, you know, Collard probably deserves to be on the main card after that last performance. But like, you just got, you know, Schultes on there. You brought up Held and Mercier, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Rice and Laev, Aliyev, dude, this is a stacked card. I'm like, honestly, like I thought the PFL cards have been good so far this year, but this is the best card, I think, by far. I agree, so i'm man. really looking forward to this
0: one yeah yeah i agree i agree man so anyways marcel just sent that to me and we'll close that um you want to talk about bellator uh from last week um you had some plays right like what was your what was your uh how's your night go you wait you had archuleta or or the un you had the under at the rumble fight i think and archuleta there's one other play you had aj I can't remember talk about it
1: so yeah yeah sure it was uh it was a great card man i well, amazing I had- card amazing card man i agree dude like yeah and then like the upsets at the beginning uh you know like Soto upsetting Almeida just dominated him on the ground and then dude Johnny Campbell and Corrales mm-hmm. I would have thought like I said on this very podcast I thought like Corrales is one of the safer favorites just based off his rap and uh who he's fought and everything like but dude like Campbell even like prior to mm-hmm. like hit like the finish like Campbell was still holding his own as mm-hmm. a big underdog like you wouldn't have thought the odds would have been so wide but as, as far as like the bets I had I'd have bet on Lorenz Larkin uh I lost on Archuleta I did have a bet on the fight doesn't go the distance on uh, Johnson and Augusto. And I know it was really chalky, but, like, I just like to say to people, like, there could be a wide line, but, like, if I think that there's a little bit more value, a little bit more meat on the bone, I'm willing to play. And I just thought, like, Johnson was going to go out there, crush him early, or Augusto was just going to take over late and submit him. Um, But, dude, it got sketchy for Johnson. Like, dude, he got rocked there. I was kind of nervous for him because he's always shown a great chin. But, like, man. Um, And then, yeah, it was crazy. Petriche, Petriche yeah that's probably good dude. uh page went out there did a thing you know the thing with page is people just give him shit. they want to see him lose but like dude i i agree with your take i think he and larkin now the right time to book, book that i think larkin could test him. i think Paige, you know it's not it's not a walkover fight for larkin either but like mix looked great as well like i thought the card really delivered i i do
0: no i agree completely I was surprised Archuleta lost so clearly. Like I thought it'd be a competitive fight, AJ, but I did think he'd win the fight too. And the fact he lost every round really surprised me. I hate when that happens too, right? So... Uh, I also had a bad play this week. I had Maurice Green, which was a terrible ba- play, although I did have a couple dogs like Verona, so that kind of even did it out, but that was a bad bet. So I I know how you feel, AJ. It's always tough when your guy loses all five of the rounds, or all three of the rounds. It's just like, ah, you just rip that ticket off. i the next one already, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah the under in, in the Johnson, Augusta. I mean, that was basically free money. Um, Obviously, you had, <laughs> a lot of, you had to lay a lot of chalk, but it was like when there was a fight uh, last year it was Walt Harris versus Overeem. And the fight doesn't go to distance it was like minus 500. I remember telling my fiance, I'm like, this is like literally free money. Like this is literally <laughs> the freest money you will ever see. So yeah, I know. So I know what you're saying, AJ. If something's like a minus 5,000 possibility, like, you know, likelihood, then minus 500 does the value. Like I don't really play big favorites like that anymore. Cause I told you I've been caught too many times speeding a little bit, but I know that, you know, they've been pretty profitable for you for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had Larkin, who I thought won the fight 29 20. It was close though. Um, I could definitely see the argument for uh Carvalho, Carvalho. Man, what a great fight though! I, I thought I enjoyed that one. Good matchmaking there. The mixed fight, man, he um, he struggled a little bit in that first round though, man. Like when he got on the bottom, like he couldn't get up, you know, which worries me going forward against the best guys like Archuleta and like Pettis. Like, I don't know if he gets the title shot next. Um, even like I like uh, what's his name, Stotts. That's another guy I think that can give Mix some stylistic issues. Thoughts look great against Hill. But, okay, so the Pitbull-Queely um, fight was a really good fight. Uh, man, I mean, what a crazy sport, right? Like, the guy I thought was probably going to lose the fight. I mean, it looked I thought actually Pipple was probably winning. I would give him, maybe I'd give the second round to um, Queely. One judge actually had a 2-0 Queely. I talked about it with Marcel, which is nuts to me. But for me, it was probably 1-1 one, one, and Pipple probably, you know, had the, you know, experience in cardio going in that room. I don't know who knows really what, what happened. But let's be honest, it was kind of like a fluky shot that cut him open and stopped the fight. I and mean, a lot of other doctors wouldn't even stop that fight too. So that's kind of a tough spot. I didn't bet on that fight because I thought three to one, like I actually thought that was kind of an overpayment personally, but you know, um, Paige also did his thing, like you said, AJ, but man, I mean, for me, it's like, He's on the same car as Mark and they're not fighting each other. That's so stupid. I'm tired of this matchmaking. His last five fights of guys or guys that aren't at his level. Let's be completely honest. Who thought Derek Anderson was gonna win this fight? Like, no one. Mm-hmm. And Paige just did his thing. And Derek Anderson had his hands at his waist when he got knocked out. It's not even like it was a competitive, you know, exchange, AJ. He had his hands mm-hmm. at his waist. And also he had some like kidney issues going in the fight, health issues. He's been suspended by the athletic commission. So Derek Anderson wasn't even healthy going. This fight should have never actually even taken place because he had serious health issues that weren't uh, addressed to the commission and he got caught. So he'll be suspended for like, I think six months, they said, not a big deal. He probably yelled that much. He broke his nose anyways, right? His face yeah. open. It was a great, it was a great kick. I'm just saying, man, like it wasn't, a, it's not like this was Carvalho and Larkin, which was a three round competitive fight, back and forth exchanges, clinching, ground game. You know what I mean? Like this was just a guy that had his hands at his waist. And honestly, anyone can knock a guy out that has his hands at his waist at this level. Anyone with a high kick too, so. I'm just saying, I'm I, I'm not impressed with him right now. I want to see him fight someone better. I think he's a talented guy, but he's 34 years old. It's time to fight someone good, man. And again, yeah. the, one, the one time he fights three, he loses. Talk, talk, I don't know, AJ. I get fired up when I talk about Paige, because I think he's so talented, <laughs> but the matchmaking bothers me, man. I mean, like, it's just, uh, you talk about it.
1: Well, it just – with whenever he fights, like love him or hate him, just he always – the thing that people love is they just want to see him fight. Like even if he's fighting a guy that people just know that he's levels above, they're just like, oh, man, I really want to see him lose. I want I really want to see him get his ass kicked because he just fights with such a massive ego. I mean, he honestly probably fights with the biggest ego out of any professional MMA fighter, yep. to be honest with you, just his hands-down style. But, like, yeah, I mean, eventually, like at least – I know this wasn't – this was another guy that wasn't on his level, but at least this was a big step up against an experienced guy relative to like the past couple guys for him who've like you know less than five pro fights or whatever Mm -hmm. uh when he's fighting overseas but like yeah i think now they i i think now more than ever they would push that larkin fight just because like you said they're same card they both won and they're just kind of at a point where it's just like well who else do they really fight they both fought lima Lima's gonna fight uh amazon i believe is how you pronounce his name yep and so just kind of where they're ranked at uh, I think that there's a chance that the fight materializes, and I, I would consider not. I'm not guaranteeing, but I would consider betting Larkin, uh, considering the, the the price would be reasonable. I think that he could exploit some of the holes that we have seen in Page's game, uh, a la the low kicks. Uh, you know, we did. I, it was nice to see Larkin mixing some takedowns there. I think he kind of struggled mm-hmm. a little bit with uh, Carvalho's like lankiness or like his ranginess, mm-hmm. uh, but I think he he could look to do that because we've seen Page get taken down. You know not just by guys like lima other guys as well and then he just struggles to get off of his back so there's gonna be a mm-hmm. lot of guys that could beat him i think larkin can too
0: it's possible and in paul daly's fighting they announced this fight against jason jackson it but it's stupid because it's at 175 it's not even a welterweight fight so it's like and same with the pace fight, it Was just at 175 they just they don't they just make the weight class then they can just why doesn't Beltor be the first promotion that does this because or other promotions do have 175 i'm just saying like the first major because I feel like we do need those two weight classes at some point, 165, 175. It just doesn't make sense that we have 10 pounds at each other weight interval. And then all of a sudden it's 15 AJ. Like, so I think at one point in time, like we're still early in the sports history, like think about, we're still in the infancy of the sport, man. Wait till a hundred years from now. Like wait till the, you know what I mean? Like they're going to have like cyborgs in the ring and stuff. It's going to be crazy and gladiators and stuff. I don't know, man, what's going to happen, but the sports evolving, you know, but I want to, I want to show you this AJ cause I'm on uh, uh best fight odds. And I'm looking at Michael Page's historical odds. Let's just start from the beginning, okay? Look at the bottom here. His first fight, <laughs> okay. I'm going to go through his odds, guys. Minus 550 against Ricky Rainey. He, he knocked him out. Minus 703. These are closing odds. Minus 703 against Nashon Burrell. He knocked him out, I think. Uh, minus 2100 against Rudy Bears. Minus 2250 against Charlie Antiveros. <laughs> minus 1200 against Jeremy Holiday. Minus 1000 against Cyborg Santos. Minus 530 uh, against Fernando Gonzalez. That was a close fight. It was a split decision. Gonzalez honestly could have won that fight. Um, minus 525 against David Rickles. Minus 300 against Paul Daly. That was a competitive fight. He, he did win 48-47. It was a super close fight. He probably did deserve the win. Then all of a sudden, AJ, you fight Douglas Lima, and he's a big dog, plus 175. And to be honest with you, you actually bet on him against Lima, which was such a bad bet. Looking back, um but i thought there was value on this guy and you know i realized in that fight that he's not as good as like all of us thought you know what i mean and now i i i'm waiting for the time to fade him i can't do it yet because you look at since he's fought him minus 1200 minus 2950 minus 1300 <laughs> minus 58 and then minus 395 so at least i'll give Derek anderson he was like in the minus 300 range which only paul Davis <laughs> can say but this is isn't that just really awful look at or it? it's not a bad look aj because he's been in belch since 2013 guys like he's not new to the sport and look at the odds every fight it's like they and the thing is it's not like it's cyborg santos right where she there's no competition for her so she's going to be minus 2000 against leslie smith probably or something like that you know what i mean there's other welterweights that this guy can fight like Lawrence larkin who was on the same card who says i want to fight welterweight and they told me to fight a middleweight or something i think he missed weight in his last fight or something like that i can't remember what happened but he did fight a middleweight but he wants to go back to what to welterweight so make that fight and i do think that larkin could win but you know larkin is getting up there in age a little bit too and he's taking quite a bit of damage so you know i'd have to like look closer at the fight aj but i could definitely see him winning the fight i mean he, i think larkin's a good fighter i think he's underrated got great wins masvidal magni i mean i i wish he was still in the ufc i mean he signed with bellator he barely fights anymore i feel like he fights like once a year now guys like i wish he was still in the ufc he's an entertaining guy just quickly uh, aj just the rest of the card that, uh, Corrales fight, man, yeah, well, I was watching with Ruff Johnson and I'm like, Oh, I'm like, babe, this is why we don't bet hundred favorites. It's <laughs> <'Cause laughs> like it's not worth it. AJ cause when this happens, it's like, ah, uh, you know what I mean? So there are people out there that do late nine to one. And it's like, that's a little bit too, I know it's part past your reach AJ too. Um, this Johnny Evelyn guy with minus 400, he won his fight. He looked good. That was soft yeah. matching, I guess, a little bit there in, in hindsight. Cause I thought Madrid, you know, it looked pretty good, but. Obviously, he's, he's just not a great fighter. And Evelyn looks like a good prospect. I'll give him that. Per, I didn't see the Perez fight. How Did you watch that one? I didn't see that one. It was the first fight, I think.
1: Yeah, it was mildly competitive, actually. Uh, Perez was the rightful winner and everything. But, like, I mean, I guess, like, hindsight handicapping, he probably shouldn't have been as big of a favorite. He should have been a comfortable favorite, but but not five to one. But, um, yeah, it was a little bit more close for comfort, I, I guess, if you are backing him at that line. Just, like, and I'll own it, too. I mean, I thought Larkin was going to pull away a bit more he did struggle with the ranginess of uh carvalho i i didn't think it would be an issue just based on how he fought magni similar reach and height but um he was just uh he was beating him up in the clinch with those elbows and he just wanted to Mm -hmm. clinch but anyway you just get some you know some weird strategies sometimes that you know this time it worked out for me there's times when it doesn't but uh, you just you know are happy that you want it and you just move on from it and learn from it
0: yeah for sure you know what i do want to talk about ufc 262 but i think we'll save it a little bit just because i did talk about marcel i know you've already had your podcast obviously which i want you to plug at the end of course um so we'll talk about it a little bit aj but you know i'd rather talk maybe about some other fights like that marcel had um and also some news and stuff maybe we'll do some news quickly um some 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 good news some bad news let's just talk about some news here Let me close that window good daniel's comment and Babel fan pretty clear one to proceed oh you're talking about the bfl tournament pettis palmer he has to yeah he has guests over but that's okay uh <laughs> yeah mvp is a good fighter guys he's talented but i mean i just i'm not impressed by the matchmaking and their matchmaker just left rich chow so i mean it maybe it'll be different now maybe because they have a new matchmaker now probably so it's mike kogan i think and scott coker maybe it won't be that different actually scott coker's still like the, the mastermind of the Bellator really, I mean, and you know what, AJ, he's famous for doing these kind of squash matches. He had them in Bellator showcase match or, um, strike force, uh, um, elite XC. They always had these, these showcase match, matches So anyways, um, some news, uh, Alan Juban retired. I was, I wasn't surprised cause he had talked about it, but any thoughts on his retirement? He's 38 years old. He had a, I think he had like a seven and four record or something. you see. So pretty competitive fighter he had some good wins. Um, you can go ahead look at his record quickly. Any thoughts yeah. on, uh, Alan retiring?
1: I think it was a good move by him. I think he picked the right fight to walk out on because it was such a a fight of the night. It was a good performance by him. Um, He fought at a high pace. Uh, I know he came through for everybody's DraftKings lineups that (laughs) night. But uh, in all all seriousness, I mean, he does have an analyst gig as well. I think he's still a model or at least he was in the past. So he's got he's very good behind the desk. Um, he's obviously got another, you know, consistent revenue, revenue stream. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we, he doesn't need to yeah. take any more damage. Like you said, he's close to 40. Um, so I am, I totally understand that move by him. Um, I think it was a good move and you always want to go out on, on a high note if you can, which I think he did personally.
0: Yeah. But just a slight correction. It's eight and five with UFC, not seven and four. My apologies. Um, yeah, I mean, he, I think he had a good career. I mean, look at his, uh, performances. He had fight in the four times. So he's an action fighter. Always in stand-up wars. This fight with uh, Bilal Muhammad was crazy. He knocked down Bilal Muhammad, like, I think, like, two or three times in that fight. Bilal, obviously a very durable guy, but, man, he got picked apart. Um, you know, had some hiccups, though. I mean, the two-minute fight, for instance, Price, where he gets KO'd quick. That's kind of where you knew, I think, where he was really tailing off. And he did knock out Ben Saunders, and he beat Gooden too. So, I mean, he's still competitive, right? Like, and he lo- I thought that Gooden fight was awesome. It could have been a fight of the night. it wasn't, but what was? I can't remember. What was that, night oh palatnikov and cossey i mean i guess like i think they were both good They could have easily won it was a great fight too um yeah mm-hmm. i don't know man i think he had a good career and, and like you said aj me he's, he's doing the um commentary thing now and you know he's still i don't know if he's still modeling but i know he was obviously <laughs> so he's got several revenue streams I mean, he's obviously a very successful guy and man i, I always thought he was like well spoken and stuff too so I, I i like him you know what i mean i think he's gonna do really well in his future endeavors um there's some cuts to UFC, and they pulled this up. It's, we had the news today, BJ Penn. I don't know if you saw the cut list, AJ. Did you see any of these releases? There's actually 10 fighters that have been released. Uh, I'll start with oh. Maurice, Maurice Green was released. Oh, actually, Dan Hardy was released. He asked for his release, so we'll talk about him quickly. Um, I don't know. Like do you, do you, Dan Hardy, was, is he a little bit before your time, AJ? Or do you have recollection of Dan's fights or, or his kind of, like, career at all, or is it a little bit before your time in, in MMA, I guess?
1: mostly before i could recall when he fought gsp and uh you know like largely gsp just did what he did everybody else but i (laughs) applauded dan uh you know at least getting to that point you know facing the the dominant title holder in gsp but yeah that's definitely uh more more before my time
0: yeah i remember watching that one in my house with my friend i was one of the first ones i ever saw too with with him too and uh, you know it was such a gsp fight like you said he had a few good fights so the chris lytle fight was awesome i got to meet chris lytle once which was awesome and we interviewed him it was so cool he, he was one of my favorites too man a little bit before your time aj but he was a great fighter but he also had a great fight with carlos condit who by the way uh, alan Duban said um to ariel that he turned on a fight with carlos condit the ufc offered it to him recently on short notice and he said no even though he said it was his dream fight because he just wanted to walk away on a high note so I mean, that would have been a great fight though, eh? Condit versus Juban. So Condit clearly wants to get back in there. I'm not sure who they're going to match him up with, but, uh, yeah, he said it right here. He says he turned it down. He just said, basically, you know, I'm moving right now and uh, it's too much distractions. I have the TV thing going on. It's just not worth it for him. This fight's great too. I'll talk about that in a second. This TOTs thing, by the way, did you see this? Like he's claiming, um, unemployment checks. Apparently he blew all his money, man. It's really sad story. Actually, guys, it's, it's really depressing to, to read, um, Cause you think, you know, it's a UFC superstar, but yeah, man, I mean, my first time in my life I've had to go on unemployment. I had to take care of myself, my girlfriend, my three kids, my mother, stepmother, he's like talking about how, uh, you know, his job as the, he's the mayor of Huntington beach and he's only making $1,400 a month or something. So he said, it's just not enough money for him. And he said he he made 20 million in his MMA career and lost 10 million of it to taxes. And he said, he spent, he spent all his savings. So a guy that's obviously, a guy that you 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 feel bad for because he's a legend of the sport, man. He's struggling, but I mean, it feels like he's not good with his money, AJ. Because I mean, that's he made a lot of money. He was a wealthy guy. He just seems probably spent too much, you know. And he's got obviously a few kids. He was married to Jenna Jameson. He, I think he's with Amber Nicole Smith, uh, Miller. I think former UFC ring card girl. I think that's his uh, his wife now. So. Or his girlfriend I should say so i mean obviously he's got family to take care of i didn't realize he has three kids by the way so i mean i i i definitely sympathize but man he's made a lot of money at the same time i think he should have made more you know what i mean 20 million for his career don't you think but here's the thing they did say that you know his store closed down it's because you know his uh the the punishment athletics was closed down that was another thing i think that played a role in this but He said he's not getting his other revenue streams. He wasn't doing any like seminars and like signings and stuff like that. So during the pandemic, right? So like, again, I can sympathize with that. And that's what these guys do, AJ. Like that's what all the, that's what they should be doing. You know what I mean? You should be, you know, making money on the side, right? Using your name, but it's, it's a sad story, but any thoughts on this man? Like it's, it's really crazy, right?
1: i mean yeah i mean to be honest completely it's uh my first time hearing this uh i just saw tito trees somewhat recently on online just something publicized about him it wasn't anything with this but this is really sad obviously uh Mm -hmm. yeah some people they just can't like manage their finances like we see it a lot with like professional athletes like they just they it's kind of like they they make so much money but they just don't know how to spend it the right way and they they sort of need that that financial guidance from somebody outside and uh you know, for whatever the reason was, you know, Ortiz just spent all of his money and it's just really unfortunate. So yeah, wishing him all the best. I hope he, uh, bounces back. It's a, a good revenue stream from, from doing something that he, that he wants to do and, uh, that, that he's contributing to for the, the good of the, the community. And, um, yeah, just wishing him all the best. It's
0: sad, but, uh, you know, just, a a bump in, in the long journey. <laughs> yeah. I agree completely with what you said. Um uh, Vander Kane, this guy is a hockey player. He lost like I think he filed for bankruptcy for like 25 million dollars i don't know what it was but he bought basically his whole contract the rest of it like the 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 guys want to get it because like he owes so much money to gambling debts apparently so i mean and he's a prominent hockey player right like he's one of the better wingers it's crazy man but you know and you know what honestly aj i'm a guy who's had to learn the hard way myself like i have i've had to learn the hard way with my finances you know what i mean like i used to spend recklessly i don't do that anymore you know what i mean i'm smart now but i i had to learn the hard way and some people do but i mean i've never had to learn I mean, he obviously was just spending way above his knees. You know, he's talking about how he has to pay off his porch. He's like, I still have a lease on my porch. It's like, come on, man, Everyone has a lease on their car. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, at the same time, AJ, I mean, the thing is, if he's making money for his job, you know, he shouldn't be collecting unemployment, but at the same time, $1,400 doesn't seem like a lot to be the mayor at the same time. I thought mm-hmm. it was obviously a more highly paid position. That's like a stipend almost guys. So anyways, it's a complicated story, but when I saw that today, it's just weird, man. And Tito, you know, he's a legend, guys. He is. For, every, for all his faults and stuff. And he's probably a guy that, you know, probably does have some brain trauma, I would imagine. I mean, come on. You know, all those fights he's had, AJ. I would imagine a lot of these guys, Diego Sanchez, Chuck Liddell. Let's look at these cuts. Jorgen De Castro is gone for the UFC. I'm not surprised, AJ. He's looked terrible. Any thoughts?
1: um yeah well it's just crazy it's another example of like i mean i agree with the, the cut and everything like lost three in a row but like i remember when people were like really high on him like coming in after the contender series and then he knocked out uh tafa on his debut mm-hmm. and then it's like this classic example of oh this guy's won by knockout twice in a row therefore everybody gets excited about him but then he we see the flaws in his game his cardio was bad his defensive grappling mm-hmm. was bad um he just showed all these issues and everything but Um, yeah, I mean, we know it by now in the UFC and even in, in heavyweight, to some extent, you need to be well-rounded. I mean, again, I I know heavyweight's a bit of an exception compared to the other weight classes, but like when those knockout shots aren't coming consistently, uh when you just have just you know that one shot ko power but like you're not francis and and you're not Derek lewis it just kind of like you know you're just very limited on what you could do to threaten the opposition so uh, because everybody has power in this weight class so you're not mm-hmm. separating yourself all that much unless you are francis or Derek. but yeah i agree with it and i'm, I'm curious to hear the the other cuts that uh that were made
0: yeah, we're talking about the one second. We're going to get Daniel's comment. He said, the Tito thing sounds suspicious. Maybe there's some kind of addiction issue there with pills or something or brain trauma. I think the latter, but I don't know. Um, some of the other cuts, some of them were overall, uh, already reported, but there are some new ones. And also, I said uh, uh, briefly, Maurice Green was also released. Uh, AJ, he announced that himself on his Instagram, so he was cut. What a bad bet by me. That's the worst one I made all year. <laughs> he just got completely off for three rounds. It was, it was terrible. I knew the bet was uh, gone in the first round, AJ. So that was a tough one, guys. That was the worst one play I've made all year. Probably. Um, usually the AJ when I do lose they're close fights, like move a you know, I had him in a t- team parlay with Rodriguez. We lost on that. It was a close fight. We'll talk about that. We don't have to talk about that fight. I mean, I, I who do you think won that? I guess like I thought he won, but it was pretty close.
1: To be honest with you, I was having dinner, so I wasn't. Yeah, totally no worry It wasn't. You know, it was
0: super close, AJ. Anyways, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, I'm not gonna be too hard on myself we moved on to the next week already, right? So we got the card coming okay. up Saturday, and we're gonna win. Um. We got Luke Sanders. He had a great fight. He got cut. I liked his fight, man, with Cal- calaris But obviously, he a uh, little a get, uh, little getting a little bit older. You know, um, longer the tooth. I think he's 36 now, so. Getting up there in age but he did have a i thought a good fight but he gave up in the second round and i think when he gave up his back and basically he was waiting for the ref to stop the fight i think everyone was and chris only didn't stop the fight right remember that aj like in the second round so yeah um i don't know i i think i would have kept him around for another fight but if that was the end of his deal i can understand why they caught him anthony bernshaft i don't think was the ufc caliber fighter. really same with a Cruz. kb Buller definitely wasn't this guy was probably one of the worst fight i don't want to uh, i hate saying it because he's a canadian but man He had a bad career in the UFC. Both his fights were very lackluster, um, bad performances. So not very impressed with that guy in the UFC, uh, just kind of blew his opportunity, man. His coaches were telling him like, come on, man, you know, you gotta, you gotta pick it up he just wasn't doing it. AJ was a lackluster performance, both his fights. Uh, Jordan Griffin, I thought had a very competitive fight that I think a lot of us thought he won against Luis Aldon. It ends up costing him his job. That really sucks. Mm -hmm. Bartosz Fabinski got submitted his last fight, not surprised he got cut, um, but it also makes me concerned that maybe they were going to cut Gerald Mirshard had he been uh, the loser of the fight, maybe they would have cut him. Um, which I thought he had a better standing in the UFC, but because they cut, but maybe they just didn't like Fubinski. And then you had Oscar Pachota, Justin Keish. Uh so any thoughts on these cuts, man?
1: Yeah, I guess I'm not too surprised. I saw some people a little uh concerned or perplexed about the Griffin one because you could definitely make a good argument that he beat Seldana, but like I mm-hmm. guess I could understand it from a forward thinking perspective in that the UFC wants to, I guess, keep fighters on their roster that they see some longevity with. And like with Griffin, like he's won a couple of fights, but like, has he looked particularly great in on of uh, all any four of them? I mean, honestly, like he de- even against TJ Brown, for instance, he was like losing that fight up until the, the guillotine. And, um, so it's just like, they're, they're looking at it from like a longevity perspective. It's the same reason why they're cutting these guys that, and we got to even consider about a guy like even Ferguson or Sosa this weekend, if they may be they're, they're on big, uh, yeah. they're getting big paydays. Like the UFC wants to keep fighters that like, well, ideally they don't have to pay a ton, but if they are paying a ton, it's like for good reason, like Conor McGregor, like people will totally tune in for him. Whereas some of these guys that are a little bit over the hill they're more willing to let them go. I guess the most cut, that, the, the cut that I'm most surprised by in addition to the Griffin uh, is probably Justine mm-hmm. um, Yeah, That was a little surprising. Uh, like I know that she had a bit of a layoff, but like she's been relatively competitive in most of her fights, except for like the Herrick fight. Um, even against Cortez last time out, she went to a split decision, but I guess like with her in the case of Griffin, like they just seem to be giving them the prospects. Like, the fight prior she got Sabina mazo fight mm-hmm. prior Griffin got Tj brown so i guess if they're giving these fighters these roles for like hey test the prospects see if they're UFC level and then uh that's that's it you know then i could i could i guess understand it if in a sense i wouldn't do it personally if i was running the promotion but i could at least see from a different perspective why they maybe would do it
0: yeah no i agree i thought that Keish, you know she had lost four and five but they were competitive fights Kind of a tough cut because i thought she was you know pretty competitive in that fight with cortez and someone who did bet on cortez in that fight was sweating it right so you know it was a close fight um but i guess they just looked at her as a gatekeeper let's look at some of the fights that marcel uh he's on his page he's not here today unfortunately guys he's uh he's busy but let's look at some new fighting outs jj of course don't give a pick or anything like that but we'll just talk quickly about the style of matchups and stuff two grapplers right this is gonna be a good one guys sergey spivak against Alexey Alinik. June 19th, um, fight doesn't go the distance. <laughs> I don't think these two guys don't have the greatest cardio. Speedback probably doesn't have better cardio, obviously, but uh, I mean, I don't know. Speedback's obviously the younger guy. Linux has the submission prowess, but he's getting up. He's like one of the oldest guys on the UFC. He's 40, he's gonna be just shy of 44. He's 43, he's turning 44 the week after his fight. Any thoughts on this one, man? They're
1: giving a Linux another up and comer, and uh it's Spivak here who's been on a roll uh you know Spivak I will say has had like one of the better like resurgences in the Mm -hmm. UFC like quietly I mean I know that we got Oliveira this weekend but like quiet like a guy that literally came into his debut got knocked out in like I believe under a minute by Harris and you know people you know were like wondering like what is this guy even UFC level but then he proceeds to rattle off some wins I know he lost to Tybura in there but Tybura is definitely a a top 15-ish heavyweight so it's not a bad loss at all and Um yeah, I think it's another, you know, prospect versus veteran type of matchup. And like you said, the the age factor is very important. Um, I myself I know you have been more wise to it for a longer period of time, but I just had the stats in front of me recently to to say like how often do we see these guys in their forties and late thirties win fights consistently in the UFC? It's been like, you know, Romero's in there and trinaldo but like honestly, beyond them, like there just hasn't been many. And I know that Olinux rattled off some wins, but um, I, I, I'm pretty, that that's a wise stat. I think that the, the younger fighter when it's a wide gap, um, assuming it's like not an atrocious style matchup for them. Um, it, they, they more often not win these fights. And I think Spivak is, is also a grappler too, like you said. So in theory, uh, Olenek isn't can have as big of advantage as he typically does.
0: I agree completely. Um, yeah, he's, he's up. He's, I think he's the oldest fighter besides Renault. Renault is, I think he's either 43. Uh, actually I remember doing the article on this, <laughs> She's a week older than him. Or I put a tweet out about it. Cause I remember just like, I was curious myself. Um, she's a week older than him. So she's fighting Misha Tate in her retirement fight. I have to imagine if the gets finished, she'll be cut. Don't know if he retires. I think he's a guy that could go to like Ryzen or something, fight in Japan, fight some easy competition, fight some fun fights. I, I, yeah, that's what I'm thinking would be good for him. AJ, I know he lives in Florida right now with his family. Maybe, I don't know what else is down there. I hope he doesn't go to bare knuckle. That'd be terrible to see. Hope he doesn't do that. But I wouldn't mind seeing him just do some like grappling. I think this could be the end of the line, though, guys. If he does get like stopped, my in my mind right now, I obviously have to go and do tape study when this fight comes around. But in my mind right now, AJ, you see Speedback being on top and just pounding him down, panning him out. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of what I'm imagining right now in my head. So looks like a tough matchup. And this one, look at this one. Looks like they're punishing Jeremy Stevens, man, for uh, screwing up that Dakar close fight by matching up with this guy Mateus Gamrod, who I think is an absolute beast and who I think is a guy that's going to be a serious contender at 155. For a long time to come, man. Give me your thoughts on this matchup.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest here. I underrated Gamrot. Uh, is is more not like not that he's like a bad fighter or anything, but just like as as a finishing threat. And he just went out there and just knocked out uh, Holtzman last time out. So the guy certainly got some power. Um, he trains in American top team as well, and he's one of these guys that uh, kind of like a looser uh, comparison, like Yuri Prachushka. Before coming to the UFC, he accrued all these exp- all this experience, which is really respectful to do. Um, but yeah, it seems like maybe they're potentially punishing stevens it's really tough to read in between the lines but we definitely have another uh prospect versus veteran type of matchup mm-hmm. um stevens has always been a guy that's just very reliant on doing damage with that right hand he'll just a little, rely on it a little bit too much he's a little too confident in that power in my opinion he's not a great round winner so um yeah i like you i gotta do tape but i think uh, my biggest yeah. takeaway here is prospect versus veteran uh perhaps perhaps they're uh punishing stevens for the antics that he did at weigh-ins from uh, a few cards ago against close where he shoved them or whatever
0: yeah and you know i obviously just did the tape study with Gamrat with the coltsman fight right so i i you know i've really fresh in my mind i mean i think we all think that he's probably gonna win this fight guys so i'd imagine he'd be like a two to one favorite maybe would that be kind of be the line, or maybe three to one i don't think it'd be any higher than that i mean stevens obviously does have the, the power he's obviously a veteran so we did see Gamrat lose to kutaladze uh, but i thought he won that fight too I think he's really good all right so we got this fight ben roethlis had a few different opponent changes but he's gonna end up fighting this guy chris barnett he used to be called huggy bear and now he's got a different nickname beast boy but he used to be called huggy bear yeah um he's coming in at short notice aj i don't know if you know much about this guy you know do you know anything about him i i, I am familiar with this guy he has had a lot of fights in like japan and stuff we'll go through his topology quickly 21 to 6 record um 34 years old i mean he's fought you know quite a few fights. He said. He This is grappling, but I was looking at this Romero when it's grappling. He's had a lot of knockout losses on man. Alex Nicholson, a former DC fighter. This guy knocked him out twice. Uh, A lot of knockout losses, but he does have some, I wouldn't say great wins by any means, but like decent wins like Walt Harris, he beat in 2011. So this guy's a veteran of the sport, man. I was looking through his record. Like, you know, he's taken a long road to get here. He's been fighting since 2009. He does have some like, not great wins, but, you know, notable wins like Travis View, the guy with the most fights in MMA history. You know this guy, AJ, Travis View? He's a no. sport, or sorry, Travis View. It's a different guy, but he has a hundred fights. But the other guy, Travis Fulton, has three hundred fights. But yeah, Travis View is a hundred fights. That's crazy. Um, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Ben Rothwell probably knocks this dude out, man. I mean, <laughs> it, like, I hope it's a good line because he was minus one ten against Felipe Lins, and I loved him there. I was, I bet on him, and the fight got canceled. <laughs> Any thoughts on this one? H? Just from what you barely know about this guy. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. him. like, I haven't watched footage of him, but I think like the reason why he's getting the call is like the UFC is just sort of giving these guys these chances that are willing to step in on short notice. We yeah. have an example of that on Saturday with like uh, Soriano stepping in. Uh, I forgot who Giagos was originally supposed to fight, but um, you know, they're, they're giving these guys these chances that are willing to step in uh, that have definitely paid their dues and some on the regional scene um, Rothwell. <laughs> like we, we keep see, we keep getting Rothwell versus Linz scheduled. It's, it's starting to turn into Ferguson versus Khabib. I'm kidding. It's to a far, a far lesser extent.
0: I like this fight <laughs> more actually. This fight's going to be more fun, I think, because I think Lynn's in my mind, he was just going to back up the whole fight. Rothwell is going to be going after him, being more aggressive, landing harder strikes, winning a decision, or maybe finishing him. I really liked him in that spot. Spot's not happening now. But yeah, I mean, just, I've seen Chris Barnett fight quite a few times and he does have power and everything, but yeah, I think he probably gets finished. This isn't the guy that
1: goes by
0: Crazy Horse, is it? No, 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 no. no. That's uh, Charles Crazy Horse Bennett. That's another oh. guy who fought in Japan, but for uh, Pride. Yeah, he's uh, uh yeah, he's, yeah, he's a different guy, but obviously a very similar name. Um, Islan Makachev against Thiago Moises. You know, a lot of people don't like the matchmaking here. Um, Thiago uh, Islan Makachev went on his uh, Instagram today and said that he asked for RDA Felder or Hooker, and they all said no to him. So the UFC said the UFC said you can either fight Fiziev, Rafael Fiziev, or Tiago Moises, and they chose Tiago Moises. Um, I think Tiago Moises is a very good young fighter. This is probably going to be a tough fight, but he's also a good grappler. So it's an interesting matchup. I obviously need to look at this one a little bit more, AJ. But any initial thoughts on this grappling, probably heavy matchup?
1: yeah it's kind of it kind of reminds me of makachev versus davi hamos another elite brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner and i know makachev won that fight fairly comfortably but moises is just he's always been a guy i've been a bit higher on than the public i don't think he's going to be like a future champ at this weight class but he's he's very solid and well-rounded he's a decent wrestler he's an excellent brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner i think he's a, a, a solid technical striker not the most dangerous guy but he's got some power in his hands um and he's he's one of these guys i think needs to really quite confident to be at his best like when he's uh when he's the aggressor like alexander hernandez when he's pushing him on his back foot he looks like he's like the terminator in there but like kind of like we saw um round one against michael johnson when he's when you put him on his back foot that's where he's the most vulnerable so he's more of an optics guy i'd say but as far as the matchup goes like yeah islam has a tough time fighting fights as i'm sure does moises i mean no, none of these uh veterans in the in the division i can understand it there's just not a lot for them to gain for the, to face these young up and comers that, uh, potentially are more hungrier, they just, uh, don't have as many names on their resume, big names that is. Um, so I, I like both guys. I'm very high on both of them. Um, and I'm excited to see how it plays out. They're both excellent grapplers. So, uh, yeah. I hope it, I hope it hits the ground.
0: <laughs> yeah. It'd be nice too, but it could stay standing too, for sure. And Moises has looked good in the feet, man. He's looked good in his last couple of fights guys and he's young. He's only 26. So he's really young. He's getting better quickly. He might lose this fight, but I still have a, I think he still has a pretty high ceiling to be honest with you, AJ. So I'm, you know, even if he loses this fight, I don't think his stock would go down too much. But I think a lot of people, I mean, I would expect Mac shouldn't be the favorite here again. I mean, he'll be the favorite in most fights. This fight is pretty great. Paulo Costa versus Jared Cannon here. Great fight. Main event, August 21st. Five round fight, AJ, any thoughts on this one, man?
1: Dude, I love it. What's what's the fight? Doesn't go the distance like gonna be? That's what I'm wondering. I mean, these guys, <laughs> both of them, um, both of them, man. I I think uh, it's honestly this is just a, when I saw this yesterday, and then I, I Darren Till versus uh, Derek Brunson yeah, past like Yep, yeah, like these two middleweight bookings are awesome. Um, maybe well, especially if like, well, no, I, I disagree there. Actually, I think well, obviously, Vittori's fighting out Asanya. Then I think the next guy up would be Whitaker. But like, I guess in theory, if Costa beats Cannoneer, then you can maybe do Costa Whitaker. But uh, Canadier, if he wins, maybe you do Canadier versus the winner uh, of of Till Brunson. So what I'm trying to say is, I think with this matchup, you have a few different avenues uh, for like that next step. But like, uh, both power punchers, both uh, aggressive, fearless fighters. Um, I, I wonder how Costa's going to respond after that Adesanya fight because that was a bit uncharacteristic of him to just. Like, I had a bet on Adesanya there, and I kind of expected to sweat the first few minutes with, like, Costa's like, pressure forward style. But he just, like, literally stood at range with them. And um, I don't know if it was, like, the layoff or just the nervousness or he, he just felt the threat of Adesanya in there. But it was just kind of weird. And um, I know Cannonier's coming off a loss, too, but I, I thought he performed admirably – admirably, excuse me, there. And he broke his arm. So – um yeah. You know, we'll see. You know, Kanye just lost to Whitaker, as did Costa lost to Adesanya, the champ. So they're, they're definitely, despite coming out losses, they're at the the elite of the division for sure.
0: Yeah, and Costa said he was drunk the night before. He said he was still drunk in the fight. That was his excuse. So I don't know. But he looked terrible in that fight. It looked like he was drunk. Maybe he was. He looked terrible. Um, Yeah, Kanye, man, you know, I, I had Whitaker in that fight, and that was a sweat in that third round because you hurt him badly, nearly won the fight, but he, he ends up losing on the scorecard. Still a very, you know, had that, been, had that fight been five rounds which it, I wish it had been, because w- that should have been a five-round fight. I'm glad this one is, to just, even though I don't think this one needs the five rounds, <laughs> but, you know, I'm still glad it's a, it's a main event. It's a great fight. Um, this is a much smaller scale fight, with Pat Sabatini versus Jamal Embers. And I, I just have to go back and see how good Embers' takedown defense is, really, because I think Sabatini, uh, just, as he showed his last fight, very good takedowns um, and ground control. But, you know, he faded bad in that third round, lost the third round. It was his UFC debut so he said he got some nerves and stuff but uh, i mean he's still a, he's a good grappler obviously Emers though is you know looked pretty good in the ufc i think any thoughts on this one
1: i think this is a tougher matchup for sabatini to be honest with you i think Emers is a better athlete and he's also a good wrestler um i i know they're you know sabatini's the higher profile submission grappler on paper but Emers is like a brown belt jujitsu uh pretty solid on the ground but uh i think it's you know two prospects Emers just can't like he hasn't stayed that very that active like he had that scout ske- that weird skelly fight where like he just couldn't make it backstage and i know that frustrated a lot of people in their dfs lineups oh, but man. um hopefully he can make the walk this time um sabatini i think he is talented but i think his ceiling is also uh capped like i think sabatini will kind of struggle uh when he faces a guy that could stuff his takedowns i'm not sold on his striking his striking is not not bad certainly but um i think there's plenty of guys in the division that i'd favor him in a striking and then you pointed out he slowed he basically took round three off against Connolly. i don't know if that was like a ufc jitters thing i mean i think this is a guy that's been five rounds on the regional so uh perhaps it is but um i don't know i was impressed with those first two rounds but then it was just kind of perplexing to see him just kind of coast and <laughs> yeah i never really liked to see that you know
0: i hated yeah. seeing it too man i was really frustrated uh, you know, as a, I, I, yeah, I thought it was a little frustrating to watch him because obviously he was winning the fight. He looked good. We'll see. Um, Mario Batista, Guido Canetti, don't have to talk about this one too much. I mean, two guys that you know are coming off, I think, knockout losses. I would imagine Batista would be a favorite in this fight. Any thoughts on this quickly?
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think Batista, despite the loss, he's a talented prospect. Uh, I think he gets right. Uh, even, even without tape study, I know that Batista yeah, most yeah, likely is going to win this fight. Yeah, so. I know.
0: Exactly. I agree with you. Yeah. He'll be a big <laughs> fan. I'd imagine he'd be like, Minus 300, minus 400. Not too crazy because he did get knocked by Trevin Jones, who I had as a plus 200 dog. That was one of my better calls of the year. Um, start with this one. Johnny Sant- Johnny Walker and Tiago Santos. What a fight, man. Uh, two light heavyweight behemoths. I don't know if it's a main event. I guess it's not three round fight. Doesn't need five rounds, anyways. Uh, any thoughts on this fight between these two big bombers at 205?
1: Yeah, somebody on Twitter told me, like, when I tweeted about this fight, they're like, is there enough testosterone in the arena for these two guys? I'm like, we might need a Greek stadium or something. But, dude, honestly, <laughs> I think this fight is awesome. I hope that they don't, like, stare at each other because maybe they just respect <sighs> each other's power. Yeah. But, like, honestly, it has the potential to just be – like, when I think of this fight, I almost think of – uh do you remember santos versus jimmy Manilow? Yeah, i was
0: at that fight in toronto <laughs> i was at that fight really
1: man. yeah dude it was nuts i if it's yeah. even like a fraction of that i will be happy i mean yep. i think that they'll both come out on fire um yeah i mean they both have had some recent skids but at least santos uh it's been to you know to to guys that are at the top of the division no doubt but i mean he's not uh, the
0: win over Blahovitz too i mean knocked him out a couple years ago Blahovitz, you know i watched that fight so closely right because i remember i bet on Blahovitz against uh that is Sonia. so i watched that fight and that finished i remember watching it again and again i'm like i saw you know behold made a mistake he just rushed in got caught but just shows the power of santos which we saw against anthony Smith. we've seen him many times but johnny walker is one of my favorites too you know when i was in brazil two years ago it's actually been two years now which is crazy i saw my friend aaron Bronster was uh, tweeting about it we had been sent there by i don't know if i told you about this aj two years ago I, poker stars reached out and they sent us there um a bunch of other people journalists from around the world, like maybe, maybe like 10, 10 of us total, but it was awesome. Like all, you know, fully paid for by them, you know, first round, uh, you know, uh, you know, first class you know, dinner on that, you know, it was great. It was great. But we went out for dinner with Johnny Walker and his uh, manager, Lucas Lucas, who manages a lot of other fighters in the UFC. Um, and I remember having like lobster with him. We were talking and like, he was awesome. Man. I got like a picture with him and It was awesome, man. He was a really super cool guy. He's actually improved his English a lot too but he was awesome man i got to like have dinner with this guy in, in brazil how cool that's a pretty cool story right like it was it was fun man poker stars man they treated us so well i don't know why aj they, they called they sent me an email saying it was pr ladies this is like two years ago i think i told this story before but i get this email saying hey would you be interested in going to um uh brazil to cover ufc uh, 237 on and name I was like, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I'm like, this is real. Like, you know what I mean? She's like, call me, <laughs> I call her. And then she starts telling me, oh, I, you know, I know Aaron Bronstetter and James Lynch and all these guys. So I'm like, okay, good. James didn't come, but Aaron was there. So me and Aaron went on the plane together. And like, you know, it was awesome, man. And yeah, I got to meet a lot of people during that trip. And, but Johnny was cool, dude. Like, but it's tough because I have to like put that aside when I watch his fights. Cause I, I want to, you know, win my bet or in my DFS, make sure my DFS lineup is the right guy in it. Cause. This fight's going to be 100 points for one guy and zero for the other probably because i think someone gets KO'd probably in the first round of this fight guys i i would hope because i don't want to see santos fight patiently anymore because that fight with rack which was very frustrating in my opinion but walker i think brings the fight to everyone you know even if he he's gonna have i think john Cavanaugh as his coach for this fight i think because he's been training in ireland so yeah i mean maybe the, the new coaching staff will like maybe he'll wrestle or something in this fight i could see him trying to maybe maybe he tries to wrestle AJ like I don't know like maybe instead of striking with uh, Santos, but I feel like he'll get into his old habits so let's go to this next one uh Chaos Williams who I'm high on Matt Semmelsburg, who I really like I remember doing a tape study for his fight with Jason Witt and I and I went deep in his career and I really like this kid man and, and uh man this is a good fight both guys are powerful but man I like the Semelisberger kid a lot any thoughts
1: yeah both guys that have shown power in their hands um Williams went on that like quick KO streak there against Morono and then he knocked out mm-hmm. Alassane. Um, and then he fought a wild man in prayer. But anyway, yeah, this is a good booking. Um, it's going to be one of those fights that might be on the prelims, but even though it's on the prelims, it's going to be one of those like hidden gems that like hardcores like me and you and others will, will really appreciate. But, uh, yeah, um, should be fun. Uh, Semelsberger like, yeah, he's really long for the division. I think he's like over six foot. Maybe he's got a long reach as well, but, um, yeah, Semi the the Jedi and uh, Chaos, so, yeah, looking forward to this one.
0: Yep, me too. Um, Luis Saldana, Austin Lingo. Yeah, I mean, they're both, you know, on the periphery of this division probably. Uh, I don't know. Saldana wasn't too impressed in the last fights. He's a little bit, like, he's 30 years old, so he's not, like, super young anymore. He has a lot of fights, too. I don't know, man. I wasn't too impressed with the Griffin fight. Um, he did have that nice knock on contender series. I don't know what to think about this guy, to be honest with you. And Lingo, I think, has looked pretty good in the UFC. He's one in one I don't know, man. Any thoughts on this one? Both guys kind of like, you know, on the border of the UFC caliber probably.
1: Yeah, they're both very flawed. Um, I think especially as defensive wrestlers and grapplers. Um, I don't know who's going to get the upper hand there. But, uh, <laughs> yep. yeah, like Lingo, one thing that sticks out to me in particular, his his footwork is just so bad. I mean, he just like is just slow. And uh, he, he follows the opposition instead of cutting them off. Uh, I think Saldana moves a bit better. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually do like Seldana striking it's just yeah. if he can't stop a takedown and can't separate from the clinch there's gonna be a lot of guys that could beat him besides well I know Jordan Griffin officially lost but uh besides a guy like Jordan Griffin so um yeah could be interesting uh maybe it takes place in the feet I'm not particularly high on either guy but yeah you know we'll see how it goes yep
0: yeah. uh talk about a few different ones I don't want to spend too much time on this one Gi you phrase telling me this. I don't I don't know her I don't she. Yeah, it's her UFC debut. I don't really know this girl. I have to watch her fights. I'm guessing she's Was she from Victor or Ryzen or something? I got to watch her fights. I'm, I've got to be honest. Awesome. Are you familiar with this girl? No. Yeah, that's okay. Me either. Um, Alexander Pantoja, Brandon Moore, great flyweight fight. I'd imagine you know, the winner could be up there for a title shot. Any thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, somebody called this on Twitter. I want to give credit where credit is due. I think John Kelly did. He said like a few months ago, he's like, it would be awesome if Roy Bell and Pantoja fought. But
0: uh, yeah, fight.
1: I – I am a little lower on Roy Vell than the public. I think that a lot of people like him because he's like exciting and flashy and that sort of thing, but he's just very, very flawed defensively. His chin is high. His hands are low. Like he could push a crazy pace and he's, he's definitely threatening, but like, he's not good technically. I think that honestly, Pantoja could school him here. I think that uh, Pantoja is actually an established elite fighter in this weight class. And I just, I don't think Roy Val is at least right now he's very young and he could get better. And I would, I would like to see him get better. I I think he has potential, but I think this might be a little too much too soon for Roy Val. They have to give him a guy like Pantoja because of what he's done. But I honestly think that, you know, like we just saw in the Moreno fight, his takedown offense is just so bad and uh, his striking defense is not good either. I, I just I think he has a few holes to patch up. Mm-hmm. He could get there. He trains at a good camp. But um, I think it's a good booking for Flyweight for sure.
0: Good fight. Pay Kanza and Lexus Davis. don't want to talk about this one too much. I, I, I'm going to favor Alexis Davis any any chance I get. I mean, I know she did look pretty good against Mazzo. I just think Mazzo is just not really UFC caliber maybe. I don't know. Like, Payne Canza is much tougher out, I think. She's looked a lot better lately. Any quick thoughts on this one? I don't really want to spend too much time on this fight. Any, any quick thoughts?
1: yeah striker versus grappler uh davis could definitely pull a rabbit out of the hat some people saw last time mm-hmm. out uh um, yep. <laughs> yeah yeah some people rise to that um i don't know i, I don't have a, a ton of interest here um prospect another prospect versus veteran that seems to be the theme of, of the, yep. you
0: know uh fights here well this fight uh, got canceled this guy <laughs> I, I don't know if he tested positive or something i'm kidding no he uh <laughs> the, he issues but look at this look at the picture more picked too eh what the fight got canceled <laughs> So he he was supposed to be in PFL. And this is weird because he's fought at like welterweight and also like middle middleweight, light heavyweight, and heavyweight. It's really weird. This guy, very strange career, but he's fought at welterweight, and lost to the Luke Jumo, who's in the UFC, who's not very good at welterweight. So that's really weird. and Edwards they're fair. Wow, what a okay. I like I like Edwards, but I mean fair and it's just I can't believe they're giving her another fight, honestly. Because she missed weight, she came in like eleven pounds overweight or something, one forty six her last fight. And this is at one thirty five. Like I you know what I mean? Like, I, I, Edwards is a much better fighter, in my opinion. Any thoughts?
1: Yeah, we're going to have to watch the weigh-ins on this one. I know we say this one <laughs> in advance. that,
0: but canceled like, too, that, that level got canceled, too, man. one got canceled at the last second, man. That sucked. That, that yeah. Fight, that's, fight day. Yeah. How about such this crazy one? Marcelo Rojo, Kevin Kroom, two, uh, you know, pretty exciting guys, I guess. Kroom, you know what, man? I thought he could win that fight with Conservatives, but his cardio really failed him in that fight, which I was surprised by. And Rojo, we know his good cardio it looked, I thought, really good against Charles Jordan. Like, really competitive. Any thoughts on this fight?
1: Yeah, it should be exciting. Um, I don't know if either guy has like a long tenure in the UFC. I think they maybe don't, uh, unless if they make significant improvements, which is always possible. But um, like we saw in the Caceres fight, I think a lot of, a lot of people were pretty hot, hyped on Kroon because he got that flashy finish in his debut. And he trains with Kraus. Uh, but he's not – like he's just so slow and hittable and everything. Like I, I just – honestly, maybe Rojo doesn't beat him, but there's a lot of guys that I think could beat Kroon beyond – beyond just casera so uh but to your point they both should bring it uh that fight that rojo had with Jordan was high action um and of course takes, takes two to tango but i do think that uh Karim would be a willing dance partner for that fight of the night type of brawl
0: yeah i agree let's go through a couple other ones here that's this fight got rebooked. and mandy revis angela hill but mandy revis said today oh she's uh my bad um she said today that uh she still has uh COVID symptoms and it's her second time getting covid which is she said is rare obviously which is rare which she had said is rare which i'm surprised by i don't know how she got it um her father has it too but yeah apparently she does have the symptoms and everything so it's not good this fight i would imagine maybe they'll find a different opponent i don't know i mean it sucked but she's still in vegas she's still in quarantine because she's still sick so and she'll probably stay in vegas i'd imagine until this fight would happen i would just guess she would stay there in the wherever the USC keeps their fighters um this fight didn't happen. Yeah. And then that's it. I mean, we talked about those ones. So yeah. And then, you know, the last thing we'll talk about, AJ, just let's do quickly. UFC q 62 The thing is like, you know, obviously me and uh, Marcel did the preview, so I don't want to go through every fight and uh, I'll give my bets on tomorrow on the MMA, on the uh, elite fantasy Elite betting podcast. I'll give those up tomorrow. Um, but we'll talk, I, mean, I asked you last week, but I want to ask you again this week. Can you give me a dog of the week? Um I, I should pull up those fight out actually. Dog of the week, AJ.
1: Um I will go with um she's not a big underdog. Well I'll give two. So Viviani Ari Ujo and Andrea Lee. Andrea Lee. Um I think they're both very live. I think both fights are likely to go the distance. Um, and I actually think that the underdogs in both matchups have more finishing upside of the two um they both have their own respective issues like andrea lee has not exactly put it together consistently in the ufc but i think she has the tools to win here i think she has a higher pace a higher volume i think Antonina is more technical on the feet but uh andrea can make up for it with her come forward style and i also think that andrea is the better wrestler um offensively and i think she's a better scrambler so she could win rounds by making it competitive on the feet, getting some top control. And why I think Viviani is should be favored as well um, is I think she hits a bit harder. I think that she's a better athlete. And I think that some of the Andrea, if there are takedowns to be landed here, takedown upside for one fighter, it would be Viviani. She's just a more willing grappler. And I think she's strong, a little, you know, she's, I know Caitlin's strong as well. You know, Caitlin former 135 or Viviani former 115 actually, but, um, she's like deceivingly strong and athletic. And I know you're high. I'm at Sanford MMA camp. She trains there, but those are two fighters that I think could pull off the upset. Um, I don't like them from a betting perspective because I just I don't think there's as much of value on them for me to warrant a bet. Uh, but they are two that I think could be live uh to pull off the upset.
0: You said the arrows was at uh, Sanford.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, yeah. Those
0: guys. Yeah, I mean, I I honestly think I feel the same way about you with that fight. To be honest with you, like, I had to watch your fights in. I'd seen her fight in Brazil when I was there, and that card I was talking about earlier, I was there for that card. She was, she knocked out Toledo Bernardo in the third round. Man, I I mean, I think, you know, she hits harder. She's the, I think she's just the better striker, to be honest with you. I think a lot of people are looking at that Jessica I fight thinking, you know, oh, she lost that fight, but I I came five pounds overweight for that fight. Um, Also, Jukagin also lost to I2, and everyone forgets about that. So, I feel like you K is beatable, man. We saw her get knocked out by Andrade with a body shot. You know, this girl Viviane, is pretty nasty with her kicks and everything too. AJ, I could see her throwing a body kick or something. Um, man, I mean, I, I I kind of agree with you. I mean, I honestly, I'm not sure if it's if it's gonna be a player or not for me. Like, I I don't know, but I would favor. Her. And then the other fight you talked about. Angela Lee, I think she has a good chance to win the fight against Antonina too. I, I I don't know. I think I'm probably going to end up picking Antonina. I don't know yet, AJ, but I I, I think so. But uh, I'm pretty sure I will, Um, you know, officially in the, in the staff pool. But uh, yeah, I mean, Angela Lee is definitely, a, a, you know, a worthy underdog in that fight. I think she has a chance. And and just quickly, your main event prediction, we'll get out of here. Um, Charles Oliveira, if you can talk about it at all. Um, if you can't, we'll talk about a different fight instead. Are you allowed to talk about that one or no? Oh,
1: absolutely. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah any huh.
0: thoughts on the main event, Oliver and uh, Chandler?
1: Yeah, we're actually on two different wavelengths here. I I read your article for MMAOB. Um, I think it's very close. Like, I'm I i do not want people to think like just because I'm picking Chandler, I can't see Oliver winning. I think Oliver could win in quite a few ways, actually. But, um, I think Oliver is a more technical striker. I think he has more varied tools on the feet. Um, Chandler is live to land a big shot, like he always is, and Oliver doesn't have good head movement. But I actually do think that Oliveira, if it takes place standing, he could win the aggregate of the striking exchanges, assuming he doesn't get hurt badly. But why I like Chandler a bit more is because he's the better wrestler, the better athlete. Therefore, on paper, he should be able to control where the fight goes. And I think he has shown – he's shown me at least enough composure in top position to sort of avoid any sweeps from uh, Oliveira from early on, any sort of submission attempts. Um I think olivera will still be a threat on the ground but like i think as the as the rounds kind of wear on as chandler starts to land more grounded pound he can maybe finish olivera similar to felder and i just like that chandler's been five rounds more often i don't think chandler has elite cardio but i think i trust it more than olivera's olivera has slowed down in many fights against ricardo lamas um against uh, uh kevin lee I know he went three with Tony, but largely he just took Tony down and held him in top position. That didn't really expend a ton of energy. So um, that's why I favor Chandler. I think he's a better wrestler. I think he should be able to control where the fight goes. I like that he's been more experienced going five rounds. But, again, Oliveira is a guy that um, is dangerous standing. He's dangerous on the ground. He's made – we talked about guys making career resurgences earlier. This is a guy that has made a clear – a very clear career resurgence going on the monumental win streak that he's been on. So um, I love the fact that they booked this fight. Um, it's two fresh contenders, and they're just on the highest of momentum here. So uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. And if I get the prediction wrong, I will – that's okay. I just – it's more important to me that we actually get to see this fight go down.
0: Yeah, it's a great fight. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's an easy fight to pick at all, man. It just you, know, you have to pick a winner. You have to pick a method. Just – at the end of the day, like I definitely see Chandler finishing you know, him too. Um it's not like he doesn't have a chance. You know, for DraftKings, I'll be playing both guys, AJ. Uh, I think I think they can both get finishes. You know, I came in first place last week, AJ. I tied with a hundred tied with hundred other people though, so it's like wasn't too great of a prize, but it does give me some more bankroll to go after this week with the uh twenty five dollar games. Probably put in some yeah. teams. I don't know. You put in you put in like when you said hundred and fifty teams, what what game were you playing? Same one or
1: I usually do the $1 is my okay, favorite okay. one. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. How is that one? I, I, I want to join it, but I know it's like 50,000 people. That's all, I mean, I'm, the one I wanted was 30,000 people, which is still great, right? But 50 is yeah. a lot more. How, how has it been for you prof, uh, profitability-wise, I guess?
1: It's been a minus ROI on that, but where I've been getting my ROI for DraftKings has been cash games. I actually put more of my bankroll in the double-ups and whatnot. I just, put, I just spend more time on that because I feel like my edge is bigger there um and and when I wit when I hit tournaments obviously I want to hit with like a contrarian lineup because like you said there's just so many ties yeah so um I'm I'm a bit more willing to be contrarian leave more money on the table target some of these bigger underdogs that than most but um you know I I just like my cash game strategy that's what I focus on more I probably go 60 percent in cash games and then 40 percent of my bankroll is in um GPPs for DraftKings so um, but yeah, I, I love it, man. And I, I was happy to see you won. That's awesome. Even though you got to split it, I still think that's yeah. really cool,
0: man. Thanks. So um, yeah, yeah. I want to play again this week and try to win the whole thing, but we'll see. It's tough to win AJ. We're at the end of the show, man. I appreciate you coming on and joining me guys in the chat. appreciate you guys being here as well. Hope everyone does well in their bets and everything this weekend. I'll be back on Monday with Marcel at 4 PM Eastern AJ really quickly plug your stuff, man. And we'll get out of here.
1: Yeah, sure thing, AJ Shulo on Twitter. Uh, you could fel- uh, tail my bets for the event. I have a couple posted on DailyFanMMA.com. Uh, subscription is warranted in the betting hub. Uh, all my third, all my bets are third-party tracked and verified at BetMMA.Tips uh, backslash Anthony S three six four. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, everybody in the comments. Uh, best of luck.
0: Yep, I'll talk to you guys later. I'll be back Monday with Marcel. We'll talk about USC six- two sixty two four p.m. Eastern Monday.